You know what the world would look at that song and say, uh, that's not right. Especially that third verse. Did you, take it, did you pay attention when you were singing those words? Do you realize what you asked for if you meant it? It says, let sorrow do its work. Send grief and pain. What, you know, where, where have you heard music like that before? You only hear that in connection with the Lord Jesus Christ and salvation and the Christian life. You don't hear that anywhere else. Let sorrow do its work, send grief and pain. Sweet are there thy messengers. Sweet their refrain. When they can sing with me, more love, O Christ, to thee. If you got your Bibles with you, go to Romans chapter 5. This is not the message, but... I, I, I was singing that song, and, and uh, our, our hymnal, our, the, the hymn writers, so connected Scripture to the songs that they wrote. And, and I believe it wouldn't surprise me if uh, the songwriter, the hymn writer, had Romans 5 in mind when they, when they penned particularly that third verse. Look in, look in uh, ver- chapter 5, Romans 5. And uh, uh, let's see, start in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That's talking about how we got saved. You get saved by grace through faith. Verse 3, and not only so, but we glory. There's a positive look at that. Glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. If we respond right, if we learn the lessons that the grief, sorrow, and pain bring to us, then what, what develops? More love to thee, O God. More, more love to thee, O Christ, more love to thee. That, that's, a, that's a blessing. Uh, that's, that's one of my favorite songs and probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, verses uh, because uh, that's, a, that's something you learn through living for God and, and allowing him to do a work in your heart and life. Amen? All right, we're not going to be in Romans 5, though. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2. So go to 1 Peter chapter 2 with me, if you would. 1 Peter chapter 2, and we'll read verses 1 and 2, and then get right into the message here this morning. Let's all stand together, and if your neighbor does not have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you. Starting in verse 1, it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice, and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that she may grow thereby. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we're thankful for each one that's here this morning. We're thankful for the privilege and the, the freedom to be able to, to meet freely. And uh, Lord, to, to hear from your word, we pray that our hearts would be good ground this morning on which the, the seed of the word can fall. We ask God that, uh, that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Help, help us to be ministered by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God as they do a work in our hearts. And then, Lord, may we respond accordingly and positively to what you, you tell us 
to do. And we pray that you would get all the honor and all the glory through our response to you today, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. One of the things you find in Scripture is that the Bible says it's imperative that once a person trusts Christ as Savior, that they're to grow in grace. Why is that? Well, because that's, how, that's first of all, how you got saved. If, if you know for sure that if you died today that you'd go to heaven, if you're absolutely positive that your sins are all forgiven and you know you have a place in heaven because Christ is your Savior, it's, it's because of grace and, and because God has saved you by grace through faith. You came to a point in your life where you realized you were a sinner. You realized that you were lost and on your way to hell with no hope and that there was nothing you personally could do to get rid of your sin. But you also realized that, that Jesus Christ came to this earth and died on the cross. He died for your sins because you could not make the payment, but he could. And with his precious blood, he paid the price for your sins. And you just simply turned from your sin and turned to Christ and trusted him and him alone as your Savior, and, and you were saved. Well, the way you got saved was by grace. One of the things that God expects us to do after salvation is to grow in grace. We're to grow as, as believers. And when does our spiritual growth stop? Well, it either stops at, at, uh, at the blessed hope, the rapture, or it stops at death. Until then, it doesn't make any difference how old you are. It doesn't make any difference what uh, kind of physical condition you're in. God expects us to continually grow and to grow in his grace. Uh, look with me. Keep your finger here, but just go over a page or two to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. And look down at verse 8. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse, excuse me, verse 18. Verse 18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Now, God expects us to grow. However, in order for us to grow, we have to have the right kind and the proper kind of spiritual nutrition. Uh, Desires that are contrary cannot, cannot uh, uh, peacefully coexist inside of a person. In other words, if you have, you have carnal desires and you have spiritual desires, one of them is going to win over the other. And the truth of the matter is we all have that. Even though you have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you still are in the flesh. You still have a sinful nature about you. And, uh, and uh, uh, you, you still struggle with sin. But what God wants us to do is to grow and to grow in, in grace. But we have to have the right appetites and we have to have the right uh, proper spiritual nutrition or we don't grow. And that's, that's why he says in verse 1 of chapter 2, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Then he says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. He's saying, listen, you need to grow, but in order to grow, 
you've got to push down some of the wrong desires in order to allow the right desires to flourish and to grow. You can't feed on the things that he's talking about in verse 1. In verse 1, he, he speaks of malice. Malice is a desire to hurt others and to get pleasure from doing it. You can't have that kind of an attitude and come to the Bible and expect to get something from the Word of God. Uh, guile. Guile is just simply deceit. Uh, and that would involve lying and, and being deceptive and so forth. You can't have that kind of a, of a spirit or an attitude toward anybody. I don't care who it is. And, and expect to get what you should get, whether it be in church or whether it be in your personal devotions. Every time you open up the Bible, uh, you want to be able to receive something from the Word of God, but you can't have it if there's malice, if there's guile, if there's hypocrisies. Hypocrisies is simply putting on a, a phony front, uh, being one way here at church and another way at home and then another way at work and then another way with your friends. No, those, those are hypocrisies. And God says, listen, you're, you're, you're not going to get the nutrition that you ought to get spiritually from the word of God if you've got that going on in your life. Fourth thing that he speaks of is, is envies. Envies are, you know, many types of jealousy, of covetousness, of, of uh, bitterness, any of those things. Uh, envies end up uh, turning your heart in the wrong direction. And it causes you not to have an appetite for the right stuff. And then the last thing he, he says, kind of all-inclusive, he calls it all evil speakings. And that's, that's gossip, that's dirty jokes, that's evil reports, that's a backbiting, uh, and on and on, evil surmisings, on and on it goes. And God says, listen, those things can't be in your life, and, and, and you still grow in grace the way God wants us to grow in grace. Until you put away sin in your life, you, you can't grow the way that God wants you to grow. Keep your finger here in, in 1 Peter and go with me uh, backwards to the book of James. Book of James. Right after the book of Hebrews is James. James chapter 1. And in James chapter 1, look at me down in verses 19 and 20. 19 and 20. Uh, actually, we're going to go a little bit further. We'll go down to verse 21. 19 through 21 says, Wherefore, my, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Verse 21, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. In other words, you can't engraft the word of God. You can't make the word of God a part of you once you're, once you're saved unless you've said no to the sin that would prevent that from happening. Uh, oftentimes, you find this actually all throughout Scripture. God says you've got to... You You've got to put away the wrong stuff before you can incorporate the right stuff. Uh, you've got to oftentimes in a life break down and tear down 
before you can build something up because otherwise you're going to be building it on the wrong foundation. And that's what he's talking about here. He says, listen, you know, you've, you've, got, you've, got, to, you've got to deal with the unresolved stuff in order to get the, the proper spiritual nutrition out of the word of God that we desire to have. Uh, again, keep your finger here in 1 Peter, but go with me to, to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We won't read the, the, the whole passage, but from Ephesians 4.1 until Ephesians 5.17... God tells us that we need to put away sin. Uh, look with me in, in uh, chapter 4 and verses 21 through 25. It says, If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is, is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Uh, what, what he says there is, is very simple. He says, he says, he says put off the, right, the wrong stuff before you put on the right stuff. And then there's some things you should just totally put away and just don't, don't deal with it again. Get rid of it. Go to chapter 5 and verses 3 through 7. In verse 3, he says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saint's, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, he's talking to saved people. What is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. If as a saved person, as a Christian, you're involved in any of that kind of stuff, you're not going to be able to plug into that righteousness. You're not going to be able to plug into that joy. You're not going to be able to, to plug into uh, those things that, that, in, that encompass the kingdom of God. It's not going to be possible. It does not say if you ever do any of those things, you are not saved. That isn't what it says. It says you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because those things are not compatible together. And that's why, that's why over in, in uh, uh, 1 Peter, he's, he says to put away all these things before you have that desire and come to the, the, the uh, milk of the word. All of this in Ephesians is building up to a, a particular verse. Go with me, if you would, down to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. And, well, let's just go up a little bit. Uh, go to verse 14. It says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Now, again, the context is not lost people. The context is saved people. He's saying, listen, you've fallen asleep. You've become dead in your Christianity. He says, become alive again in Christ, as God has made you a live person in Christ. 
and, and uh, wake up, realize that you're, you've fallen asleep. Verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And that can't have all that junk in your life. In order to be able to get out of the word of God that we want to get out of it, you can't have that junk in your life. In order to engraft the word of God into your life and make it make a difference in your life, you've got to get rid of the sin. You know what the bottom line is? Bottom line is God doesn't want to drink out of a dirty cup. God doesn't want to use a dirty vessel. God wants to use a clean vessel. I say this because I want to challenge you this morning. Take a look at your own life right now. Look back over this last week. Is there anything that's unresolved? Is there anything that you've not gone to God and confessed your sins and he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's important that we keep short accounts with God because that affects our appetites. That affects our ability to be able to assimilate the word of God. I think it's important to come to church. I think it's, it's good to come. I'm glad you're here, okay? Uh, but, but you know what? If, if we're harboring any of these things that we have read in these various lists, if anything is there, it prevents God from doing what he wants to do in your life and in mine. Why? Again, because God does not use dirty vessels. He wants us to be clean before him. Go back with me, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 2. And now look in verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. The Bible says we ought to desire the word so that we can grow. Uh, one of the things that, that causes us to have the right kind of desire and for that right kind of desire to increase is exposure to the right things. Um, that's why it's important to come to church. That's why it's important to, to read your Bible every day. That's why it's important to spend time in prayer. That's why it's important uh, to listen to the right kind of music and good Christian music that lift your spirits and lift your heart and draw you closer to him. Uh, we, ha we have a, uh, a, a privilege in this age. We can listen to messages. We can listen to preaching. And I've, I've done this really for a large part of my Christian life where I've, I've, I've listened to various preachers throughout the week, not just at church, just to, just to encourage me. Uh, what that does is the more you eat of the right stuff, the more you want the right stuff. The more you participate in the wrong stuff, in the sin, the, the stronger that desire gets. Now, with that in mind, take your Bibles, and again, keep your finger here in 1 Peter, but go to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. 
In Galatians chapter 5, look with me down in verse 16, 17, and 18. Now he's speaking again to people that are saved, that have the Spirit of God in them because they've trusted Christ as Savior. And in verse, uh, verse 16, he says this, says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. He says, he says listen, we, we've got two things contending in us. All of us have this. You have the lust of the flesh, and you have the negative lust of the flesh, and the positive lust of the Spirit. The Spirit of God wants to pull you in one direction, and the, the uh, lust of the flesh wants to pull you in the other direction. We read various lists of those, those sins that we would get involved in if we follow the flesh. Uh, the, uh, the, the principle there that uh, you say, well, which, which desire wins? Whichever one's the strongest. And the one that's the strongest is the one that you feed the most. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, I, I guess you could call it the feed-starve principle. If you feed the flesh and starve the spirit, then the flesh is going to be stronger and the flesh is over, going to overcome any desires that the spirit would have. If you feed the spirit but you starve the flesh, then your spirit is going to be stronger and those, those desires Will, will be stronger. Um, you know, you, you think about it, a, a, a person does not go on a diet because they love diets. <laughs> I mean, I, how many of you ever been on a diet before to, in order to lose weight, okay? I have too. Uh, I, do you, how many of you, don't, don't raise your hand, but how many of you enjoy diets? I don't think there's Many that do. There may be a few sickies out there, but uh, mostly we don't. We don't enjoy that. Well, why? Well, because uh, what what we have to do is we have to we have to uh, uh, starve one kind of desire and feed another desire. Uh, but that that's that's the goal, and that's that's exactly what we we need to do in the spiritual realm. Uh, the, the, the best motivation for a good spiritual diet is to have a desire to want to please God, is to have a desire to want to do right, a desire to want to be more effective for God. And the only way we can be that way is to grow in grace. And the only way we can grow in grace is by saying no to the stuff that's bad and saying yes to, to the word of God and to the spirit of God as they work in our hearts and lives. We should have a, a, a desire to grow in that grace. And if we grow in that grace, then it's going to be obvious. Uh, over in First uh, Peter chapter 2, in, in verses 1 and 2 again, it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. And as you grow, there will be some changes. 
as you grow, there will be some evidences. Uh, it, go with me over to 2 Peter's next book in chapter 1. In 2 Peter chapter 1, look in verse, verse 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped corruption, that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, what you're going to do is you're going to grow in grace. You're going to grow in grace. Uh, those, those things uh, need to be evident in our lives. They, what, what he gave us there were eight steps of Christian growth. And it says, add to your faith virtue. Add to your virtue, knowledge. Whose responsibility is to do that? It's yours. It's mine. If I don't do it on purpose, it won't be done. But I won't do it if I'm not feeding on the right stuff. I won't do it if I haven't dealt with the, the things that need to be dealt with in my life, make sure I've kept short accounts with God and, and then grow in grace. And as, as we grow in that grace, uh, God helps us and gives us the strength to add those things to our life. Go back with me, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 2. And look down in verse 3. It says, if so be, he says, as newborn babes, verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, you know what he gives us in verse 3? He gives us the motivation for doing verses 1 and 2. He says, listen, you need to, you need to deal with the sin in your life. If you don't deal with the sin... It's going to make it impossible for you to get out of the book what you need to get out of the book to be able to grow in grace. And let me tell you why you ought to have that desire to do that. He says, if so be, you have tasted that the Lord is, is gracious. In other words, has, been God, has God been good to you? <laughs> has God been good to you? He's sure been good to me. He's sure been good to me. Over and over, and in fact, I was just I was talking with some folks who were shaking hands and before the service. And uh, by the way, that's one of the reasons why you're here. Not just me, you. You're here to exhort people, to encourage folks. That's why you're here. And uh, 
uh, I, I was I was encouraged because uh, uh, I, I you know I, I I heard people talking about how good God has been to them. That encourages me. The truth of the matter is, God has been good to us. Our gratefulness for His goodness causes us to not leave stuff unresolved and to get that whether it be between us and individuals whether it be just attitudes that we have or whether it be something between us and our God we ought to we ought to take care of that thing as soon as we're made aware of it for one simple reason God has been good to us um, I think about often where would I be today? I was born and raised in Rochester. Where would I be today if I hadn't trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, if the grace of God hadn't come into my life, if I hadn't had my sins forgiven, if I didn't know for sure if I died today that I'd go to heaven, and if I didn't grow in grace after I got saved? Where would I be today? I shudder to think. I, there's a good possibility I might not even be alive today, and that may be true of you as well. Um, God has been good to us. Because God's been good to us, that ought to motivate us to take care of things in our lives so that we can have the right kind of appetites, so that we can desire the sincere milk of the word, and so that we can grow thereby. Let's bow our heads for prayer. With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, I want to ask you a question. Are you absolutely positive today that if you were to die, that you'd go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ? Can you look back to a time in your life when you put all your faith and all your trust in Christ and Christ alone for the forgiveness of your sins? And you know for sure that you're saved today because of what Jesus Christ did for you when you believed on him. If that's the case, with heads bowed and eyes closed, just raise your hand as a testimony to that fact. Say, Pastor, here's my hand. I know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven because I've trusted Christ as Savior. All right, thank you. Put your hands down. How many of you would be just as honest and, and, and would just lift up your hand quickly and just say, I don't know that for sure. I'm, I, I, I really, I doubt it. I am unsure about it. And I would appreciate you praying for me because I know that's an important issue and I need to get it settled in my life. Anyone like that here this morning? Say, Pastor, here's my hand. There's nobody looking, just me. And they just lift it up and put it down. I'll see it. God will see it. And I'll pray for you. All right? How are your spiritual appetites? Are you right now growing in grace those eight things that we read out of second peter chapter one have you added some of those things to your life have you seen god do a work through grace because you've dealt with the sin you've desired the sincere milk of the word and thereby you've been able to grow that's what God desires for our life. And we ought to do that because God is gracious. During this message, maybe God has spoken to your heart about something along those lines. And you'd like me to pray for you. Just lift your hand in the air. I'll pray for you. And uh, 
we will get on with the invitation here in just a moment. I see those hands. There's several hands. Anyone else? Say, God's spoken to my heart, preacher. Pray for me. All right. Thank you. I see that one. I see that one. Thank you. See that one? All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for your graciousness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, most of all for your patience with us. Lord, we stumble, we fall, we struggle. And Lord, you're still there for us. You still work with us. You're still patient. God, I pray that you would work in hearts this morning. I pray particularly for those that raise their hand. Said you spoke to them about something. You pointed out something. Lord, I pray that you'd show them what they need to do. Make it specific. Uh, help them to see not just the problem, but help them to see the answer. And Lord, you're good at that. And then, Lord, if it's a matter of, of sin in their life, I pray that they confess their sin because you're always faithful and you're always just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then, Lord, we're in a position where we can grow in grace. Father, please have your will and have your way in this invitation. Speak to our hearts, and as you do, may we say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.